0: Welcome back to another Adam Schefter podcast as we now are two weeks away from the NFL draft in Kansas City, counting down the days. And to help us get ready for the upcoming NFL draft in Kansas City, we will be joined today by ESPN draft analysts Matt Miller and Jordan Reed as we discuss the quarterbacks in the upcoming draft, the big decision that the Houston Texans Could have at number two some other quarterback sleepers as well as the top quarterbacks in the 2024 NFL draft, which is shaping up as a great quarterback draft class. But as we talk about quarterbacks with Matt Miller and Jordan Reed, quarterbacks also are the conversation today. And we start with none other than Aaron Rodgers. And we are now two weeks away from the draft, and there has been By my estimate, little if any contact between the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. So, the trade that everybody seems to be waiting to get done is not any closer to happening right now as the draft draws closer. And while it looks like this is a situation that could heat up and escalate as the draft kicks off, there are no assurances that will happen either. Green Bay seems quite content. To wait until after the draft to make a trade. And the New York Jets are very happy to use the picks that they have and not trade them to Green Bay. And both sides seem to be stuck in, dug in, and very stubborn in their own stances about what Aaron Rodgers is and isn't worth. And so this standoff that has been going on for weeks now looks like it's going to go on for a little while longer. We just don't know. Whether it will get wrapped up by or during the draft, it doesn't sound that way right now, but that could just be tough talk from both sides, and one conversation could change that. But it'll be interesting if the draft comes and goes, and Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay, and the Packers then have their mandatory minicamp coming up, and Aaron Rodgers would be under contract to the Packers. Does he show up? Do they risk the injury? What if he gets hurt? What if it's a serious injury? Then they have to count the $60 million against their cap. Packers don't want that. They want the picks. The Jets want their quarterback. Both these sides should figure out a way to make it happen and get it done. But so far, nobody is coming close to making that happen. And as we talk about quarterbacks, and we will dive into this very subject with Matt Miller and Jordan Reed, I think the Houston Texans are going to be faced with a very interesting decision. At number two, I continue to believe that Bryce Young is the favorite to be the number one overall pick to go to Carolina, that he will wind up as a Panther and that the Houston Texans then will be sitting there at number two, facing a decision about whether they want to go with C.J. Stroud, trade the pick or pick the best player on their board. And to me, we've heard all about Arizona entertaining notions about trading the number three overall pick. Six teams have inquired with them about acquiring that pick. But some of those teams maybe calling the Houston Texans, who might be open to listening when the draft rolls around, if and when Bryce Young becomes the number one overall pick. And of course, on Sunday night, during Easter dinner, during the closing holes of the Masters, we had Odell Beckham Jr. reach agreement with the Baltimore Ravens on a one-year deal worth $15 million, up to $18 million, and here's what I would say about that. Odell Beckham Jr., as much as anything, wants to get paid. And he got paid more money in Baltimore than he was going to get paid anywhere else. And so that in and of itself is a great reason to go to Baltimore. But I don't think that that would just be enough. And so clearly him and Lamar Jackson were talking. He had to feel confident that somehow, some way, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson would resolve their contractual differences that still exist by the season so that Odell could be playing with Lamar Jackson. He's loved Lamar Jackson for a long time. If you go back to when he was drafted, Odell was tweeting things in support of Lamar Jackson, always been a big Lamar fan. And now he's got the chance to go play with him. And I think that had to be a reason why, one of the reasons why, at least, he chose Baltimore aside for the 15 million good reasons that the Ravens gave him. So that is yet another quarterback storyline to follow as the NFL draft gets closer, but there are many storylines. And so let's dive into them today with the great ESPN NFL draft analysts, Matt Miller and Jordan Reed. How are we doing? Great. Thank you very much for joining me tonight. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, likewise. No problem. Thanks for having us.
0: So Matt, Jordan, would you? Would you say this is the busiest time of the year for the both of you? And we'll start with Matt.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I'm sure you can like, relate to a degree, Adam, with like free agency and like the yeah. crazy times of year that you have. It is, it's wild. And I think for me, it's the fear of like that something's going to happen that you didn't know about or that a player's going to get drafted that I don't know their name. Like I, I will have that nightmare a couple of times <laughs> in the next two and a half weeks of. Like, wait, who who is that? Um, It's not it's not so much the same now that we're on the writing side. Things you can you can look guys up a little bit. But yeah, this is this is by far the busiest, especially with ESPN. Like we have our writing assignments that we do. Uh, Jordan and I get a ton of opportunity to do external media, radio, podcast, and then obviously the TV requirement. So it's busy, but a blast. Jordan, what keeps you up at night this time of the year?
2: Yeah, so you're just worrying about finishing up your final rankings and trying to keep everything in order with radio and podcast appearances. I'm horrible with keeping up with those things (laughs) I always forget. Oh, yeah, I have to appear here just because I'm so focused on final rankings and, like Matt mentioned, making sure I'm not missing anybody just because there's always a random player that pops up that you hear from scouts or evaluators, and you're like, oh, man, I need to do some more work on this guy just because you don't want to be behind. But that's the fun part of the process and just trying to align everything with what we're hearing.
0: So, Jordan, who's a guy that you're higher on in your rankings than any other person that you've seen? And I'll ask you the same question after, Matt.
2: Darnold Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee, is one that I'm extremely high on. And I tweeted this out today. He's one player that I wouldn't be surprised if the run on him starts at number nine with the Chicago Bears just because – Ryan Poles is in a dilemma right now, just because of all of the three top ranked offensive tackles, all of them only have experience at left tackle outside of Peter Skaronski, who's really played all five positions when he was at Northwestern. So they had a rookie last year, fifth round pick named Braxton Jones that played really well for them. So the big dilemma that Poles is in is that, do you create two holes by taking a left tackle at that number nine overall, just because you don't know how that player is going to turn out if you, put him at that left tackle spot, and you transition Braxton Jones over to right tackle. You don't want to create two holes with one. But just getting back on Darnell right? he's one player that I had an opportunity to see him live against South Carolina. That was my first exposure to him. And the big thing about him is that he was this highly ranked recruit, top 10 kid, but he just hadn't lived up to the hype. And he primarily played left tackle and guard during his time at Tennessee, but they transitioned him over to right tackle. He lost a little bit of weight. He got in shape. And he looked phenomenal this year. He limited Will Anderson, B.J. Ojolari, and then also Brian Brisee. And all those guys are probably going to end up being top 40, or top 45 picks. Obviously, Will Anderson's probably going to end up going inside the top five. So, darn all right. He's one player that I'm hearing could go as high as number nine to the Chicago Bears. But yeah. I think, I think he's the best right tackle in this draft class.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I love the, the fit with Chicago. Uh, I'll go Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I, I know that's a name everybody knows. Like he had the great Rose Bowl game and Adam, I apologize for bringing up an Ohio state player it's okay. on a, what is clearly <laughs> a good. Michigan podcast. So, uh, but I think yeah, JSN is, is special. Um, I have, I've gone wire to wire with him as my top receiver, which it feels like it's, that's a rare thing in this day and age to have happen for a player, but I'm a firm believer in his ability when healthy, obviously, you know, he dealt with the hamstring and we can, we can argue all night about did he did he sit out to protect his draft stock and to make sure he's healthy for the NFL. That doesn't really matter to me. But I just know that he's a great player when he's on the field. So, you know, his range is going to be really interesting. We may not see him go in the top 10. But, you know, at 11, the Tennessee Titans, they don't have an answer at wide receiver. The Texans at 12, they could take a receiver. I'm just selfishly rooting for the Packers to draft him just for the fallout of them finally drafting a first-round receiver. Like, I would love <laughs> the chaos of that. Uh, but I'm I'm a big Smith and Jigba fan. In a wide receiver class that a lot of people say, oh, it lacks the guy at the top. Well, to me, it has that guy. And then below him, we've got a stack of a bunch of other players.
0: Did you see on ESPN today and NFL Live, they had, I think it was Kirk Herbstreet sitting down with the Ohio State wide receivers, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And they were saying that he's the best or most athletic of all of them yeah. that has come through the school. I guess they obviously- Ryan were the Hart. Ones. You know, yeah. They weren't. They weren't accounting probably for Marvin Harrison Jr. But okay, in that group that was sitting
1: there today, they felt like he was the most impressive one. Brian Hartline, the receiver, he was the receivers' coach now as the offense coordinator. He'll say the same thing. I mean, he's he's told me that a couple of times. Is, this is the guy? And even at points this year would would hit me up and be like, "Don't move down on him. Like hold the line, basically. Like this he, this kid is legit." And yeah, we'll see. I mean, Marvin Harrison might shake that up next year. He's pretty good. <laughs> He's unbelievable.
0: Okay. So now both you guys talked about scenarios that you obviously are kept up by where you can't envision unfolding. Here's a scenario that I want to float out there that I think actually has a chance. And we'll see how this all unfolds in the next couple of weeks. What if, what if Rice Young goes number one and the Houston Texans don't take a
1: quarterback at two? I think it's very likely. <clears throat> I saw you said on NFL Live today, Adam and I was glad that you you went first. Uh, but I, I I don't know as many people as you do. I will never pretend to. And I'm curious to hear if Jordan's hearing the same thing. But everyone I've talked to since I did an interview Friday afternoon where I was like, Oh, I've heard CJ Stroud, and I swear as soon as that call ended, I got a phone call from someone in the NFL that was like, You gotta stop saying it's CJ Stroud because it's Bryce Young. It's like, oh well, that would have been helpful, you know, 20 minutes ago. And so over the weekend I connect you know try to connect with as many people as possible and I've heard the exact same scenario Adam where Will Anderson is the top rated player on the Texans board they apparently gave him a flawless grade you know that that mythical grade you don't actually give anyone well they gave it to Will Anderson. So if Bryce Young's not there I would not be shocked at all if it, if we see the two Alabama guys go 1 2 and then all hell breaks loose at 3.
0: Well and I'll tell you another one other thing there the Texans' new head coach is D'Amico Ryans, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where did he play linebacker?
1: <laughs> Alabama. Hmm. Right.
2: There you go. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's 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 a really interesting situation, and it was something that I heard at the Senior Bowl, but thinking about it now, it makes a lot of sense just because D'Amico Ryans gets the six-year deal. If you bring a quarterback in now, I wouldn't say you're wasting the years of the quarterback contract, the rookie quarterback contract, but this isn't a roster that's set up to contend right away so why rush a quarterback pick go ahead and get will anderson you have a defensive building block you have two first round picks again next season and we both know the two names that are at the top of the draft next year and caleb williams and drake may even though it's risky we can be honest the texans are not going to win a whole bunch of football games next year so they could be in position to get one of those two guys. And like I said, it's a risky assessment, but I think that's a possibility that they're floating in their head. Let's go ahead and get two building blocks where there's two defensive pieces or some other offensive building block and will Anderson and then put the quarterback in a better situation next year.
0: This show is sponsored by better help. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Adam.
1: you you
0: okay so let's say for a moment that the first two picks are Bryce young and will anderson how do we then see it shaking out from there at three on like who's coming up for the quarterback then are they coming up for cj stroud again is anthony richardson sneak past them how does that play out we'll start with you mag what's your best guess
1: I would I would think someone comes up for C.J. Stroud just because he's been so impressive throughout this process, and I would look at the Indianapolis Colts who, what a what a lucky scenario for Chris Ballard that you've basically you know it sounds like you've been given a mandate to find the quarterback, the long term quarterback. After all the band aids that you've thrown on after Andrew Luck, and you you just find your way into maybe you trade up one spot like the Chicago Bears did in 2017. You know, just flip flop and you give up a couple mid round picks to do it. Uh, and then Arizona, can maybe they can trade again from pick four if they want. But I think for Indianapolis, that is a dream scenario to where you can still get one of the top two quarterbacks and not have to give up what you know the hull would have been to get to number one when Chicago was selling that pick. Jordan?
2: I mean, no no matter how it turns out as far as who's there at three, I would be shocked if the Cardinals selected at number three overall. I think they're going to auction off the pick, and you floated it out there. There's six teams out there that are essentially trying to come up. Now, who could those teams be? It could be the Raiders at seven. It could be Tennessee at 11. It could be Indy trying to flip-flop with him for a quarterback. So the, the car, I think the Cardinals have the worst roster in the NFL this year. The players that they have lost, whether it's Byron Murphy, Zach Allen, J.J. Watt retiring, they just don't have any building blocks on either side of the football. They have Kyler Murray coming back from injury. Who knows when he's going to come back? So they just need picks right now, and they need players at premium positions. So regardless of who's on the board for Arizona, I would be shocked if they pick at number three, Adam. Hmm.
0: I agree with that. I don't know where they move it. I don't know how they move it, but I think pick three is going to be moved. And there has been a lot of chatter about Tennessee at 11 in the quarterback market. What's interesting, again, to me about the possibility of the option, the idea that Houston could pass on a quarterback at two, would be that one of the quarterbacks that they pass on very well could wind up in their division where they're going up against him twice a year albeit Indianapolis at 4 Tennessee moving oh, yeah. up from number 11 so it's kind of a double whammy not only are you not taking the guy but there's a decent chance that if you don't take that guy you're going to be facing that guy <laughs> twice a year in the in the AFC South another Another wrinkle to that whole scenario if it unfolds that way, and we're waiting to
1: see. I love that, though. I think that's what makes like – That's obviously, the draft is about the hopes and dreams, right? Of Every pick can be Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or Aaron Donald, but I love that part of it. The, it's sometimes the picks you don't make. And yeah. I, I got asked on an interview about Anthony Richardson. Somebody said, will he get a GM fired? So, well, yeah, absolutely he will, but it might be the GM who passes on him. You know, it might be the guy who says, no, we're good. We're we're not, he's not ready. We're not going to take a chance. Like Ryan Pace took Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes. Ryan Pace is not the GM of Chicago Bears anymore. So I that's how I feel about Richardson. So even if somebody, if Tennessee comes up for Anthony Richardson, I will be so excited on Thursday night because I love the fit there, uh, whether it's at three or, or somewhere else. Jordan, where are you on Anthony Richardson?
2: I mean, I've been a fan of them since August. I'm fi- <laughs> I finally got all the guys to flip flop outside of Mel. Mel's still hanging on to the Will Levis train, but I finally got tied and had to be on my side with having Will, uh, excuse me, Anthony Richardson as quarterback three. And the an interesting stat that I found about Richardson, just to talk about the type of player that we're dealing with. So since the year 2000, there's only been two other quarterbacks that have started 13 games or less and went on to be first round picks, and it's Mitchell Trubisky and also Mark Sanchez. Those are the only two. So Richardson is definitely hoping his career turns out much better than those two. But I think Raw and Project are two incorrect words to really use for him just because he just doesn't have a lot of experience. And once you dive into the tape, he's really doing some really good things. But Florida didn't have great personnel. They played a type of style that really didn't match his skill set. They kind of had an all-or-nothing offense. And he's one of those quarterbacks that you have to use him as a runner, and they really didn't do that a whole bunch in spurts. Last year, and that's really when his his warts really started to show up. So if he can get with somebody like Shane Steichen in Indianapolis, what he did with Jalen Hurts last year, he needs to get with a proven quarterback developer. Boomer Bust is going to be something that's labeled uh, with Anthony Richardson. But, man, if you can hit that boom moniker with him, it can be as loud as dynamite. I think he can be a really good player. But. It's just a matter of how much do you trust your coaching to develop him. So he has to go somewhere that has a proven quarterback developer like in Indianapolis. I think Indy would be a great spot for him.
0: And will there be five quarterbacks picked in the first round? Five?
1: I don't think so. I, I don't think uh, so. Jordan, I, I can't find anyone who says yes on Hendon Hooker. And I I like Hendon a lot. Um I feel like, and I understand, like we're in the media as well, so I, I'm, I'm going to throw us under the bus. I feel like we do this every year, like we're we're trying to find that guy, whether it's Mason Rudolph, you know, or um, you know, maybe even the year Jalen Hurts was a second round pick, and he should have been a first round pick. We know that now, but I think a lot of times we're all trying to find that late first round quarterback ever since Lamar Jackson when Baltimore traded up, and it, it oftentimes doesn't happen. So I would love it because I am a Hendon Hooker fan. I just I can't find a spot for him.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the, I mean, there could be somebody that comes in and tries to get the fifth round option on him late, but with him being a little bit of an older quarterback prospect, the big worry about Hendon right now with everybody that I ask around the league is that just how consistent can he be outside of Josh Heupel's offense? Just because there's a lot of horizontal stretch of that offense, a lot of all or nothing down the field, those vertical passes, just how well can he operate outside of those offense? But You ask about him in the meeting room and him as a kid, everybody said that, man, he has a Jalen Hurts quiet confidence and swagger feel to him. He's an A-plus person, and, I mean, I've met Hendon on plenty of occasions. I mean, you fall in love with a person off of the field right away. You're not going to find a better character kid in this draft class than Hendon, but it's just the big question with him is how consistent can he be outside of that offense? That's going to be the biggest hurdle and the biggest question that he has to answer on the next level.
0: I want each of you to give me one other quarterback mid to late rounds that you think has a chance, a chance to shine. And obviously, if it was such a sure thing, the guy would be going higher. And he's not. But every year, there seems to be somebody, whether it's Brock Purdy last year or Tom Brady back in 1999, <laughs> that has a chance to make an impact that comes in the later rounds. I'll give each of you a dart throw to throw your dart. I'll throw a dart, too, without having studied any tape of these guys. <laughs> but I'll give you a dart throw after you give me your yours.
1: Go ahead. and look Who we got as a quarterback? I know who Jordan's gonna say probably. So Jordan, you go first because I think I know who you're gonna say.
2: Well, there's two for me, and I'll just choose one because you're probably you probably know the other one I'm thinking. <laughs> but I'm gonna go with Dorian Thompson Robinson. That's right. Yep. Um, he, he, I just the way he operated in Chip Kelly's offense last season, I really liked what he was able to show on film. I mean, they won nine games last year, which was the most since 2014. 27 touchdown passes, 69 percent. Completion percentage, whenever he can play within the framework of the offense, that's when he's at his best. And he's probably not going to go into like the fourth or the fifth round, if I had to guess right now. But I got a chance to see him out at the East West Shrine Bowl, and Br- Bill O'Brien was just hammering him in practice, and he just kept answering and kept answering. And little stuff like that, I love to take note of. And Bill Belichick was standing behind him every single play, of seven on seven and team. And they were just getting on him after every single one, but he had tough skin. He kept bouncing back, and little stuff like that means a lot to me. And I think that's going to help him succeed on the next level.
1: Matt, that was my that was my prediction. I knew who, I knew who Jordan was going to take. We spent <laughs> enough time together that I we can read each other's minds. I'm going to go Jaron Hall from BYU. Uh, that was my gonna, guy. I gotcha. You. <laughs> you to it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm going to completely out myself though. Over the summer, ESPN was like, "Hey, we want you to write a, a piece on." the quarterbacks who could, you know, become the next first rounder, who's the surprise guys. And I, I thought he was, yeah, maybe with the right year, he could be that surprise first round guy. It didn't happen, but I'm still a big Jaron Hall believer, uh, a little bit undersized, but I think he plays with that poise and confidence. He uh, elevates a team that does not have a ton of NFL talent around him. Um, I actually thought his tape was just as good as Zach Wilson's, which is kind of funny to look back at now and, and wow. see the things that he's doing and say, well, maybe we should have paid more attention to the things they were asking Zach to do, but you no, know, he's, he's got a live arm. He did not turn the ball over despite the fact that, you know, he's asked to, to elevate and play some hero ball. But again, I mean, he's, he's a little bit smaller. The arm is good, not great. And I think he's got to speed up his processing a little bit. He's, he's 25 years old, you know, coming off the the super year and the, the BYU mission stuff, but he's the, the mid round guy where if, if I were in a, a draft room we needed a developmental quarterback that's who I'd hang my hat on
0: interesting one now both you guys were one of you brought up Caleb Williams and Drake May and that's in relation to the 2024 draft and I always just think it's interesting as we get ready for one draft to look ahead to the quarterbacks I'm big quarterback guy in the 2024 draft or the next draft are those two locked in right now like are they blue chip guys can't miss kind of guys are they that good that high that highly thought of like where are they in the pecking order of quarterback prospects for next year's draft and is there anybody else in your mind right now that could creep into the conversation with them
1: I think they're like Trevor Lawrence level Andrew Luck level like when you when you I mean I that's my own opinion as well but also everyone I talk to I'm sure Jordan's the same they're like hey have you watched Caleb Williams yet? And like, you hear the Mahomes comparisons. You hear crazy stuff with Caleb Williams. And then with Drake May, people are, hey, here's the next Justin Herbert. You know, This is you know the same thing all over again, that big, strong arm, smart quarterback. So I think they are a notch above everyone else and super, super safe as prospects right now. Um, as a Texas guy, I would love to say that Quinn Ewers will be in there because we saw how good he was against Alabama before he got hurt. But I'm definitely not going to do that. Is he close to the beginning of that conversation, Matt, before we get to you, Jordan? I I think he could be if he could be consistent. That's the thing, is he's just not consistent and he kind of like lost confidence in his arm at the end of the year last year. So I'm a I'm a believer in Steve Sarkeesian and that he can coach a guy up and they've got weapons, they've got the scheme. So uh hopefully this being able to have the full off season, we'll see that next step from him.
0: Jordan, your assessment of Caleb Williams and Drake May.
2: Yeah, I think these are two high-level quarterback prospects. Um, I love Trevor Lawrence uh, and Andrew Luck. I don't like putting anybody on those guys' tiers, (laughs) but they have the potential to definitely be on that type of tier. And a lot of scouts use the words rare and elite for both of those guys. And there's a reason teams like the Commanders and the Bucks have been very hesitant with with this quarterback market just because they want to give themselves a chance to possibly be in contention for both of those guys. Not saying they're going to go out there and lose games intentionally, but – we, we all know that Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, they're not going to set you up <laughs> to win a whole bunch of games uh, next season. And then Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell, we'll see how that unravels next year. But there's a reason the quarterback market has been slow, just because there's a lot of teams that are anticipating the quarterback class next year. But as far as some other guys to look forward to, um, there's two that I want to mention. The first one is Michael Penix of Washington. Like Michael who? There, there was a lot. Michael Penix from Washington. He's one that some people thought was going to come out this past season, but he ended up going back. He put up crazy numbers last year, a uh, really prolific passer and a pass-heavy offense. And then another is Shador Sanders of Colorado. I could see him having a big jump next year. He's not necessarily a sleeper, but now being on the FBS level coming over from Jackson state, there's going to be a lot of eyes on him to see how he adjusts to a higher level of football.
0: That's Deion's son, right? It is. Well, amazing. Well, I've been around him and I didn't realize that he turned out to be this. And I didn't realize <laughs> that the NFL would have basically, and forgive me if I don't pronounce this right, Victor wembeg for next year. Because it sounds like that's what you're talking about. I know he's like the super NBA prospect that every team was tanking for in the NBA. But if there are quarterback prospects as good as Caleb Williams and Drake May, as good as you're making them sound, there are going to be some teams that are anxious to upgrade their rosters and get their franchises in place for the next 12 to 15 years by being fortunate enough
1: to land one of these guys. Yeah. You got to be careful. Make sure you don't lose your first round pick. You know, you don't want to, <laughs> I think that, you know, you're, you're making sure everything's locked up for the next year because you don't want to lose the first round or uh, doing whatever it takes to get these players. But yeah, you know, I mean, we, we talked to teams enough. You, you always hear about the next year. I mean, I can remember, uh, you know, talking to, to, GM's front office people when it was like the Sam Darnold year and it was all the talk was Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, you know, these guys are coming up and now it's, it's Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson who are the two dudes from that class. So it is fun, but you got to keep your eyes open. Like, like Jordan said, you never know when a, a Bo Nix is going to pop off at Oregon. And now we're, we're shaking up our order.
0: Hey, go get the tape from the third day of the draft, the year before the Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson draft. I remember being on there and talking about how personnel directors, general managers are already looking forward to a Wyoming quarterback by the name of Josh yeah. Allen that they think could be the number one pick, who didn't go number one, but as it turns Should've. out, probably <laughs> should have gotten yeah. number one in that upcoming draft. And they wrote an article about him in Sports Illustrated or Sporting News. I remember writing that exact thing. And uh, it's fun to look ahead like that to see certain guys that you think are going to shine. Now, will both you guys be in Kansas City?
2: Yeah.
1: Or I will be. I don't want to speak for Jordan. Yeah,
2: I'll I'll be there day two and day three.
1: That, that's when the, that's when your real work begins, right? That
2: that's the fun part. <laughs> that's that's when you guys
0: are tested on whether they got any names past you that cause you the right. sleepless nights that you're now going to have leading up to the NFL draft. Exactly. That is
1: exactly what will happen.
2: We're we're on Matt's home turf. Gotta I gotta ask him about some barbecue spots, Shifty.
1: Go ahead. Go 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 ahead, Jordan. Right now, you might as well ask him. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, there's so many, uh, so many, it, and it depends on what you want, Adam. Like, if you if you want a, a sandwich, which barbecue sandwich, if you want a, a nice heavy lunch, Joe's, uh, you got to go to the gas station, the original. Uh, you're gonna have to cross the state line into Kansas, and, and as a, a homegrown Missouri boy, I would tell you that is not an easy thing to do. But Joe's is is the best. Q39, if you want like a little bit of a nicer, like I, I've taken dates to Q39. It's it's a good spot. You know, you know, wings, burn ins the whole thing. Uh, if you want a white, like white tablecloth, a little bit of a nicer spot, probably somewhere Adam would go. They take a reservation. Uh, then you got to go to Jack Stack. <laughs> so it's it's different levels. You know, there's the there's the me level with the sandwich, then Jordan with the Q39. Adam, you get Jack Stack. You you know, you know what?
0: You know what I like to do draft week. I like to sit in my room, stay on the phone, Same. work on <laughs> my computer, order room service. And I will say this, the hotel we're staying at, we stayed at for Monday Night Football this year, and they had a great cheeseburger. I don't need much to make me happy other than a nice, good cheeseburger from hotel room service. Like, I'm good with that.
1: Same. I, eight hours of sleep is what I would, that's what I'll be hoping for. Eight hours of sleep and in a quiet room. Eight hours.
0: <laughs> That's, yeah, right.
1: wow. It was a dream. It was a dream. <laughs> Eight <laughs> hours. Wow. I'd love to get one of those in,
0: in the offseason at some point. That'd be very nice. Um, Matt Miller, Jordan Reed, ESPN draft gurus. I thank both of you for your time and your insights. Look forward to seeing both of you in Kansas City. Thank you for your time today, and we will be in touch. Thanks, Adam. Thank you, Adam. And so there's Matt Miller and Jordan Reed, ESPN's draft experts who will be a part of our draft coverage from Kansas City about two weeks from now as we take our show on the road and bring you all the latest picks, all the latest updates from Kansas City, and we appreciate Matt Miller and Jordan Reed chipping in with that. Also want to point out, big day in the Schefter household. On Tuesday, the sports Emmys were announced, and to this day, I have never Won a sports Emmy. I pointed it out on this show many times. Um, 33 years in the business. It has been about 19 years in television. And I've never won an Emmy. I've been a part of some shows that have won Emmys, but never won myself on Tuesday. Monday Night Countdown. ESPN's great show with so many great people, producers, on-air people. Nominated for a sports Emmy for the Outstanding Studio Show weekly, as was NFL Slime Time on Nickelodeon, which my daughter is a part of doing a weekly segment on that show. Now, again, we'll see how this goes, but considering my Emmy luck, I'm sure we're not going to win for the Outstanding Studio Show Weekly, but maybe NFL Slime Time will. And I would like nothing more than my daughter to win an Emmy before I actually ever did. She's 14 years old. That would be something that she would have bragging rights over her father for the rest of her life, and it would be my honor, and it would continue my emmy streak of not being able to ever win an Emmy and would be totally consistent with the type of career I've had. So we wish NFL Slime Tom on Nickelodeon the best of luck in the Sports Emmy Awards. I also wish luck to College Game Day, another ESPN show worthy of winning the Emmy, as is ESPN, as is inside the NBA on TNT, so some worthy applicants and Fox NFL Sunday. So some great contestants, but I'm rooting for my colleagues and my daughter ahead of even me there. My consolation is another fantasy basketball title. Now, we have two war room leagues at ESPN, one in football, one in basketball. I've never won, like it sounds like an Emmy, I've never won the football league. Ever in my 12 or 13 years participating in the league, I've had some really good teams, some really bad teams, some really good teams that underperformed in the playoffs, but I've never won a fantasy football championship in the ESPN War Room League. On the other hand, I have won three NBA War Room titles the last four years. The only one I didn't win, aside from the pandemic year that got washed out, was a Sunday night game in which I had De'Aaron Fox, who missed two shots in the final minute of a game against the Los Angeles Lakers, flipping the field goal percentage as the last category and allowing the great ESPN producer, Eddie Marlette, to beat me. Other than that, I would have four straight NBA fantasy basketball titles. And so I stink in fantasy football, but fantasy basketball has somehow become my calling. Can't win in football, can't win an Emmy. But when it comes to fantasy basketball, now we're talking my language. My language also is the upcoming NFL draft. We want to thank my colleagues, Matt Miller and Jordan Reed, for joining us today to preview the upcoming event on ESPN and ABC. I want to thank my great producer, Christina Buswell for putting together this podcast and you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week. We'll have more interviews, insights, and information leading up to the draft in Kansas City. Until then, have a great week, be well, and stay safe.